Jesus. St. John chapter 12. Verse 13. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Jesus the King. And again, the text is found in St. John chapter 12, verse 13, and also in the book of St. Luke chapter 19, verses, one, uh, verses 41 through verses 44. Hallelujah. So in this 12th chapter of the Gospel of St. John, Jesus is about to reveal uh, his identity to the nation of Israel. And that the nation of Israel will now be given a final opportunity to receive their king. This chapter records all of the, the details of the last few days of Christ's public ministry. And it also paints for us a picture of our Lord Jesus, who is the king. So in these verses, we see who Jesus is, we, 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 we understand what he came to do and how he carried out God's perfect plan and will for his life. So today, as we consider all of these truths about our Lord Jesus today, I want to challenge each and every one of us to look into our own hearts and see where we stand in regard to Jesus, who is our King and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I want us today to allow the Word of God to speak to our personal needs today as we consider today Jesus, the King. John chapter 12, verse 13. Took branches of palms and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And also the second portion of our text from Luke 19, verses 41 through verses 44. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Wow. Mm. Encircled and hemmed in on every side. Twice a year we celebrate the seasons of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his life here on the earth. We do that at Christmas time in the month of December as we celebrate his birth. And on next week, the day that we uh, will call Good Friday, we will remember what our Lord did and that he was crucified and put, put to death. 
on Good Friday and then on Sunday morning, which will be March the 27th, we will celebrate his resurrection from the dead and his empty tomb. But today is what we call Palm Sunday. And this Palm Sunday is the beginning of the most holiest week in all of Christianity. The Bible does list from today through next Sunday, 52 specific events that were germane to the resurrection of our Lord. Hallelujah. And Palm Sunday is the Sunday before Easter, which we know. And this particular Palm Sunday, this holiday commemorates the triumphal entry of Jesus into the city of Jerusalem in the days before his, his crucifixion. And the people were there and the people cried out. They cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna meaning save, I pray. It means to keep and it means to preserve. So it was a common custom in those days, people of God, in the land in the Middle East during those times to cover in some way the path of someone who uh, they thought would be worthy of the highest honor with branches and leaves. In all of the Gospels, the Gospels in, in, in Mark and in Matthew and in Luke, uh, they are reported as as the people laying garments and cut branches on the streets at the feet of Jesus. But John, John, John is the only gospel to specifically mention palm branches. The palm branch during those days, it was a symbol of triumphant entry. It says in the book of Revelation, chapter 7, verse 9, After this I beheld, and lo, and this is the words, these are the words of Jesus, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number. Of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. So because of this, the detail of the palm branches and the scene of the crowds that were there greeting Jesus as he entered Jerusalem and they were waving palm branches and they were carpeting his path with palm branches. Because of this, the name for that day has been called Palm Sunday. In fact, there is even a reference in the Old Testament in the book of Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 16. Rejoice, O greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. Father, forgive me. Hallelujah. So now let us turn to the book of St. Luke, chapter 19, for the second part of our text. In Luke, the writer of this particular book, he was a physician and he had medical training that was taught to him. But his mission on earth was really to proclaim Jesus' humanity as we will see it here. So this particular chapter here of Luke chapter 19 is broken down into four sections. Verses 1 through verses 10 tell us how Jesus meets a wealthy tax collector whose name was Zacchaeus. 
And then in verses 11 through verses 27, uh, Jesus gives a parable that explains the nature of God's kingdom. And then in verses 28 through verses 40, it gives us an account of the parade of Jesus and his triumphant entry into Jerusalem on the Sunday before his crucifixion. Hallelujah. But today, I want to take you past that triumphal entry into Jerusalem, hallelujah, and talk about Jesus the King. So now let us turn our attention here to verse 41. And here in verse 41 of Luke 19, Luke tells us when he, meaning Jesus, was come near. And he beheld the city and he wept over it. Mm. He beheld the city. He looked at beautiful Jerusalem, which had a breathtaking view during that time. He saw all of the pomp and the pageantry of the festival and the, the occasion because it was six days before the Passover and the people were gathering and coming from the north, the south, the east, and the west in Jerusalem to observe that sacred holiday called the Passover. And then Jesus looked at all of the splendor. He looked at all of the all because Jerusalem was the, it was, if you will, the royal city. It was the capital, not only of the kingdom of God, that kingdom of God was establishing among men, but also the name of Jerusalem also means city of peace. Jerusalem was also called the city of prophets. But Jesus, as he often did, he saw beyond the outward appearance of all of those things in which he was looking at. And he saw beyond the facade of that city. He saw beyond the celebration of all of those people who were shouting and, and they were in a joyous celebratory mood. He saw beyond that. He saw beyond all of the pomp and the pageantry of the festival and the, and the celebration that was taking place. And what Jesus saw made him weep. So what did Jesus see that made him weep? He wasn't weeping because he knew that he was going to suffer and die in the city. He was not weeping over himself, at least not yet. Jesus saw the spiritual condition of the city and other people, and he wept. Because the people did not understand the significance of what was going on on that day. And believe it or not, there are people outside of these four walls that do not understand the significance of what this Palm Sunday means to the world in general. They didn't understand who Jesus was. They didn't understand why Jesus came to this earth. And it was his people, the people that God had chosen, the people that God had ordained, the people that God had set apart, they were the ones who rejected him and ultimately would crucify him. And Jesus wept because they didn't know the way to peace. And I believe that sometimes even when Jesus looks at us, when he looks at our lives, I believe that sometimes there are times when Jesus even weeps in our behalf. And sometimes he is grieved, hallelujah, because of the spiritual condition of everyone in this world. He also weeps 
because he knows that there are those who will reject him and that there are those who don't even, those who profess to be his servants, those who profess to be his children that don't even give them their all. Mm. Nobody like that in here today. Hallelujah. Yeah. There are even people of God who would rather live for self than to live for Jesus. Hallelujah. There are people of God who would rather be selfless, selfish, instead of being selfless. But I wonder if Jesus was grieved and if he would be grieved at what he sees and what he's hearing today. Jesus sees beyond the outward appearance of all things. Man looks outwardly, but God looks on the inside. And he looks beyond all of us. And he knows all of our deeds. He knows what's going on right here, right now. He knows what's going on in your mind. He sees beyond our outward lives. Hallelujah. He sees many times the smile that hides our inward tears and the faces that hide our inward pain. And I want you to know today, people of God, that Jesus not only sees beyond the outward, but he also cares about each and every one of us. And he loves each and every one of us with an everlasting love. Hallelujah. So he beheld the city and he wept over the city. The primary concern of our Lord was over the people of Jerusalem and their sin and their rejection of who he was. Hallelujah. He knew and he understood the ramifications and the consequences of sin because Jesus knew that sin brings pain. He knew that from the very beginning, even from the first sin in the Garden of Eden. He knows that every act of disobedience brings pain. And all sin, people of God, has negative consequences. All sin has, brings guilt and shame and condemnation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And for those who will be listening uh, uh, by other means, by electronic means, after this uh, service has concluded today, I want you to know that sin will take you further than you ever want to go. The Bible says that the soul that sins will surely die. For anyone who thinks that they're getting away with sin or lack of total commitment, guess what? God knows. He knows our full potential, people of God. In verse 42, it says here, if thou hadst known. If Jerusalem, if that holy city, if they knew what might have been, because Jerusalem again was that city of blessings, but instead it had become a city of war and grief. It held great potential for the people of God. It was supposed to be that city of God, but during this time, Jesus wept because he knew it was not a city of God at that time. Jesus also knows if we are fulfilling, if we are fulfilling our calling and our anointing and our potential in life as well, people of God, he knows that. One of the things that I love about Jesus is he doesn't look at what we are. 
so much as, as, as he looks at what we can become as people of God with his help. I think some of the saddest words that I've ever heard in life or that could ever be spoken or even written was, it might have been or I could have been or I could have done. Mm, think about that. You see, Jesus knows what you can achieve in your life for his glory. So don't underestimate the anointing and the power of God and that which God has prepared and planned for you from the foundations of the world. Let me give you an illustration here. Satan is the master of illusion. And all sin creates illusion. It creates an illusion that you are in control of, 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 of sin and, and things in your life that are not of God. And when our kids were small, uh, uh, I would put them on my lap and I would drive them around the neighborhood and I would let them hold on to the steering wheel. And they were so excited because they were driving and they were absolutely driving nothing in reality. It was my foot that was on the accelerator and it was my hand that was underneath the wheel. And I had my hand positioned so that the kids could only go so far. They couldn't turn the wheel, and they only had limited control of the wheel, but they were under the illusion that they were driving. And at that time, they were not wise enough, they were not smart enough, they were not mature enough to have known any better. But I have to admit that I'm at fault because I helped them with that illusion. I made them feel and think that they were driving this big Cadillac Fleetwood all over the neighborhood. I built them up in their excitement, but they drove absolutely nothing because I was in total control all the time. You know, and that's what sin does. Sin creates an illusion that you are in control until it decides to bite. Now turn to Proverbs chapter 16, if you will, here. Verse 33. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 33. The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. The Message Bible says, make your motions and cast your votes. But God has the final say. Everybody say amen. amen. Mm. Hallelujah. I heard somebody say one time that if you feel that you have no faults, then that just makes another one. <laughs> but God has a great future plan for all of us. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And I want to tell you today that a great future people of God beats a great past all the time. So God sees beyond our outward appearance, people of God. He cares about us. He knows our full potential. He knows that we have a unique purpose. Now, everybody has in their homes manufactured products. We have appliances such as toasters, refrigerators. We have a stove. We have big screen TVs. We have microwave ovens. We have electric can openers that are commonly found in our homes. Yeah. 
And each one of those has a different workmanship. They all are designed differently. They have different parts that help them to operate. And each one has its own reason for being. But if that appliance operates outside of its intended purpose, its intended reason for the being, then there's going to be a problem. And if you want to cook things in the refrigerator, and if you want to freeze things in the stove, you're going to have a difficult situation in your home because that's not what the workmanship is for. The workmanship is used for whatever the creator designed it to do. So the toaster doesn't tell the creator what it's going to do today. The stove doesn't tell the creator what it's going to do today. It's the creator that dictates to the appliance the reason why the appliance exists. The appliance does whatever it's designed to do. We as people of God, we are supposed to do what we have been designed and created to do, people of God. So in that same way, we are God's creation and he dictates to us why we exist. And he can tell us what we are designed to do. So in other words, God gives us purpose for our lives. But if we operate outside of our reason for being, then we too will experience problems in life. Walking in the purpose of God that has been designed for us is how we fulfill our unique reason for being. So that's why the people of Jerusalem and the city of Jerusalem got in trouble. They didn't know their potential, or they didn't live up to their purpose at that time. So on that Palm Sunday, while they were cheering, Jesus was shedding tears because he knew that they would close their eyes and reject the way of peace. He knew that they would ultimately reject him, that they would reject the Messiah. So here's again what it says here in verse 42. This day, this day, what would bring you peace, people of God? Peace, that's a great word. All we need to do is look at the world today. We look at the world, we look at uh, governments, we, we look at organizations, and everybody is chasing after peace. Wow. Mm. Hallelujah. But Jesus came, and he came to his people. He came to his disciples, and he spoke these words in John chapter 14, verse 26. He says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. People of God, Jesus wants us to have peace in our lives. The enemy wants you to have an absence of peace. But Jesus wants us to have peace, wholeness and soundness and wellness. He wants us to have it all. But that's the only peace, the type of peace that Jesus can give, is wholeness and soundness and wellness. 
happiness. Safety does not consist in the absence of troubles, but safety and peace exist in the presence of God. Hallelujah. You see, it's the peace, the peace, the shalom of God that Jesus gives. It is not the absence of trouble, but it's the confidence that Jesus is always with us. No matter what you may be going through, his presence is always with you. He said in his word that he would never leave you, that he would never forsake you, that he would be with you always and forever. Hallelujah. Jesus is concerned about us. Our king, our Lord, and our savior, he's so concerned about us. That's why he went to the cross of Calvary, because he was concerned about us. He stepped out of his own will to fulfill the will of his heavenly father. Jesus cares about us. He loves us. That's why he went to Calvary five days later, people of God, to shed his blood on the cross and to pay the penalty for the sins of all mankind. As I close the word today, Jewish people, even today, I had an interesting conversation with someone on last night about the, the mind and the thought process of, of those called out people, those anointed people, those set apart people whom God had chosen, whom Jesus came to, to set free. The Jews and everybody else outside of these walls can say whatever they want to. But I'm here today to tell you that Jesus is still the king. People can do whatever they please, but Jesus is still the king. People can live any way they want to, but guess what? Jesus is still the king. And as the king, he will have the last word. So the only question that remains this morning is this. Is Jesus your king? Do you know him as your personal Lord and Savior? With all the proof that we have been given here today, with all of the scriptures that we have looked at today, how could anyone not understand that Jesus is indeed the King? Hallelujah. If he's your King, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Hallelujah. If he's your King, can you shout glory to the Lord on this morning? Thank you for listening to today's message. Visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events. 